Anyway, like I was saying, shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You can barbecue it, boil it, brawl it, bake it, saute it. There's um, shrimp kebabs, shrimp creole, shrimp gumbo, pan fried, deep fried, stir fried. There's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. That's, that's about it. Anybody here have a friend like Bubba? They just go on and on and on and on and on, and you just want to say to them every once in a while, like, hey, can I get a word in? Anybody here have a friend like that? Maybe they're with you here today. You know, sometimes I wonder if we're kind of like Bubba to God. We just go on and on and on and on, telling him about all of our problems, everything going on in our lives, pouring out our daily schedule. And don't get me wrong, I think he loves to hear from us. I think he loves listening to us. But sometimes I wonder if he ever thinks, you know, it would be nice if I could get a word in every once in a while. You see, for most of us in our prayer lives, we were taught that prayer is a conversation, right, between us and God. But so often we do the vast majority of the talking, and we rarely ever give God a chance to speak to us. But I believe that if that were to change, that if we were to quit talking to God so much and actually begin listening to him, I think everything would change in our lives. I think we'd become better spouses. We'd become better parents. We'd begin living out the purpose that God has for us in this world. I believe we'd have more courage. We'd, we'd be more intimate in our relationship with God. I think everything in our lives would change for the better if we began listening to God speak to us. And so that's what I want to talk with you about this morning. How we can listen to God and hear him speak in our lives. And so as we prepare to talk about that, let's go before God together in prayer and ask his blessing upon us. God, we ask today that you would open up our hearts and our minds. God, open us up by the power of your Holy Spirit so that uh, as we open up your word, that we may hear with joy what you want to say to us today, God, because we recognize that you are always more ready to speak to us than we are to listen to you. And so, God, we ask that you would give us ears to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. From the very first pages of the Bible, we find God speaking. Right? God speaks creation into existence in Genesis chapter 1. Then we find God, God speaking with Adam and Eve. And then we move on. We find God telling Noah to go and build an ark. And then we get to Exodus and God talks to Moses through a burning bush. And then you keep going. You got 1 Samuel. God speaks to a boy. And then, like we talked about around Christmas, you have Luke chapter 1. God, through an angel, gives a message to Mary, telling her she's going to be the mother of the Son of the Most High. And then in the book of Acts, Saul is walking down the Damascus Road one day, and he hears Jesus speak to him. And the list could go on and on and on. From the very first pages to the last pages, we find God speaking to people. We find them 
listening to him. And when you look at the Bible, the Old and the New Testament, really, it seems like it's, it's pretty normal for people to hear from God. They kind of expected it, and it happens regularly. Yet, I think if we did a poll in here, most of us would say we rarely or maybe never feel like that, that we've heard from God. That maybe, perhaps, God has never spoken to us. But this morning, I want to tell you that I believe that God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. And, and what he wants to speak to you, this isn't some, some special power for people who have special training. This isn't something for pastors only. This isn't for people who just stand up here on the stage. God speaking to you and you hearing him, I believe, is the privilege of every child of God. And he wants to speak to you because he loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. I mean, think about the significant relationships in your life. Think about a friendship in which only one person ever spoke. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be that great of a friendship, would it? But think about your significant relationships in your life. You talk with these people regularly. You spend time with them. They encourage you. They lift you up. They challenge you. They help guide you and direct you. And when they call you on the phone, all they have to do is say hello, and you know immediately who it is because you know their voice. You don't have to do a lot of formal introductions, and I believe that's how God wants it for us. This is why in John chapter 10, Jesus says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he wants to speak to us because he loves us. But before we even get to talking about how God speaks to us, I think there's a couple barriers that a lot of us face when it comes to hearing from God that a lot of times keep us from hearing to God. And the first is the amount of noise in our lives. Because like we talked about last week, we live in a world with more complexity, more opportunity, and more noise than ever before. Amen? I mean, all the time, I mean, we can't even escape it anymore with our phones in our pockets, people texting us, social media, the news, billboards, advertisements. We live in a very, very noisy world where all sorts of voices are always coming at us. And while God can certainly break through the noise, and he often does, what I found in my life and in the lives of many other people, is that a lot of times you can hear God more clearly speak when you've slowed down and you've turned down the noise around you. When you've taken a little space away from the craziness of the world, you've dedicated that to God, and you say to God, God, here I am. I'm fully present with you. I'm not playing on my phone and trying to hear from you at the same time. God, I'm here Let's talk. I found that if we want to speak to God and hear from God, we've got to turn down the noise and slow down a little bit. And so that's one barrier we have to overcome. But the second barrier is a little different. I think the second barrier many of us have to hearing God speak in our lives is the box that we've put God in. Because in our own ways, we all try to domesticate God and tell God what he's going to do or what he's not going to do. And so I think some people don't hear 
God speak because they've said, you know what? God doesn't speak. So therefore, I'm not going to hear him speak. Other people, I think, have said, you know what? When God speaks, he's going to speak in this certain way. And when he doesn't speak in that certain way, we say, well, then that can't be God. But as you know, the God of the Bible, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, God, the Father of Jesus Christ, he can't be tamed. He can't be domesticated. God wants to meet us in many different ways. And when you go through the Bible, you see God speaking in many different ways. You see him speaking through audible voices, through angels, through visions, through dreams, through songs, through creation, through messengers, through prophets, and on and on and on. And I think one of the reasons why we see so much diversity in the ways that God speaks is because God oftentimes communicates with us in ways that connect with us. And because we're all wired differently in here, God meets us in different ways, and he speaks to us in different ways. But in my ministry and in my life, I've found three ways that God often speaks to his children. Three ways that I want to share with you this morning in hopes that you can hear from God and you can live in obedience to what God says to you. And now these aren't limited to these ways, but these are three key ways. And in your bulletin, you can fill in the blanks if you'd like to. But the first way is this, is that God speaks through his word. God speaks through the Holy Bible. You know, sometimes people will come to me and say, oh, I just, I just wish I had a word from God. I just wish I had some guidance in this area of my life. You know what? I, I just wish I really knew what God thought about this or what God thought about that. And sometimes I want to just say, hey, have you opened up your Bible lately? Right? This is God's first and primary word to us. As the psalmist says, Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. That's what God's word is for us. It's a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. And this book, it's not like every other book. This book isn't like all the books on your shelves. It's not like your textbooks. It's not like your devotional books even. This book is the holy Word of God, and God inspired the people who first recorded these words. And God supernaturally inspires us as we open them up and read them in faith as well. God speaks to us as we open up the Bible. And Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament and who heard God speaking directly to him on the road to Damascus, when he had a young protege in the faith named Timothy, one day he wrote to him about how God speaks to us and how God shapes us through his word. And here's what he says in 2 Timothy. He says, The holy scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. For all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. But once again, when it comes to hearing God speak to us through the scriptures, we've got to slow down. We've got to turn down the noise around us and really be present to him. And I love what Timothy Keller says about God's word. He says, it's like a deep, deep mine and jewels rich and rare are hidden in its mighty depths for every searcher. That's what God's word is like. And Keller goes on to tell a story about a time he was at a conference for pastors, and there was a breakout session on how to read your Bible. 
And so he went to it, you know, all the other pastors went to it thinking, okay, what are we going to learn new? And the teacher there said, hey, what I want you to do is spend the next 30 minutes in silence reflecting on this one verse from Mark chapter 1. Come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. Those are Jesus' words. And the teacher, she said, look, I want you to make at least 30 observations about this passage, maybe how God's speaking to you through this verse, what God might be wanting to communicate. And she said, look, don't stop after the first five observations. Keep going. And so they all began writing, and Keller was taking notes. And after about 10 minutes, he felt like he was kind of done, right? It's like 16 words. Then he looked around, and he saw that everybody else was, was still writing and focused. And so what do you do? Okay, the peer pressure. He said, okay, I better keep studying. So he kept, kept working, kept writing down observations, and they actually kept coming. And then at the end of the 30 minutes, the teacher said, hey, I want everybody to circle the most significant insight that was revealed to them during this 30-minute time. And then she said, hey, raise your hand if, if you received that insight in the first five minutes of studying and taking notes. No hands went up. Raise your hand if it was within the first 10 minutes. No hands. 15 minutes, a couple hands went up. 20 minutes, a couple more hands up. Raise your hand if you received this insight after 25 minutes of study. Then the vast majority of the room put its hands up. And Keller said that exercise transformed the way he studied the Bible and the way he sought God speaking to him through it. Because you see, a lot of us, we just kind of treat the Bible almost like, like a fortune in a fortune cookie. We, we wake up, we eat breakfast, we take the dog out, we, we read a verse, we don't even think about it, we check it off our list, and then we just run out the door and go on our day. But for God to speak to us through this, he wants us to slow down. He wants us to dig deep to be present with him, and then he will meet us. He will speak to us through his holy word. This is God's first word to us. And a lot of times we think of prayer and, and reading the Bible as two kind of separate spiritual disciplines, but actually they're part of the same thing. They're part of this conversation that we're having with God. Prayer, where we are offering our words up to God and reading the Bible as God is offering his words back to us. It's God's first word to us, but I don't think it's his only word to us. I do think God speaks in other ways. And another way that God speaks to us is through people. God speaks to us through people. And I love how Philip and an Ethiopian eunuch illustrate this in Acts chapter 8. Here's what we find in this incredible story beginning in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran up to the chariot. He heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. And so he invited Philip 
to come up and sit with him. And the story continues that Philip had the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with him and to share with him how, how in Isaiah and throughout the Old Testament, all of those things culminate in Jesus Christ. And they were able to share with him the good news of the gospel. And that day the man came to faith and the Ethiopian man, he said, hey, I'd like to be baptized. And so they found water and immediately he was baptized. And I love this story because it displays the diversity of ways that God speaks and God works in the world. I mean, you have the angel coming to Philip, telling him to go south. Then you have the Holy Spirit telling him to go to the chariot. And then the Ethiopian man comes to faith as God speaks the good news of the gospel through Philip to him in this crazy, crazy encounter. And here we clearly see God using Philip to share the good news with this other man. And this is a truth that we we see in our lives. That God wants to speak to us through other people. And God actually wants to use other people. God wants to use us to speak to other people. And God wants to use other people to speak to us as well. And sometimes we have to be discerning. We have to be present and looking for it, but it happens all the time. And Emily, she's back with the, the kids serving today. Y'all can say a prayer for her. Uh, she's back there taking care of the crazy kids. And but she gave me permission to share this story about a very difficult time in her life when her brother died when she was in college. So he died, and, and she, she went home for a little while, and um, took part in the funeral, and then eventually she went back to school. And when she got back, one of her sorority sisters, who she didn't really know that well, gave her a note. And she said, hey, I just want to give this to you. And in the note, it, it said the common things, hey, we're thinking about you, we're praying for you. But then the note also said this, it said, I feel like God wanted me to tell you that God not only accepts your pain, He wants you to bring it to him. And for Emily, that was a word from God to her. It was a word that helped her in the midst of this very difficult and very dark time. A time when she, like many other people, could have easily walked away from God and towards other things. Instead, this word came at the precise right moment, which helped her to lean into God. And to actually grow deeper in her relationship with God through this tragic experience. God wants to speak to us through other people. Sometimes that's a sermon on Sunday morning. Sometimes it's through a song like we we just heard Amy sing. Sometimes it's through just a word of encouragement, a random text message that you get. Sometimes it's in a small group of people where you can just open up and be honest and stop hiding and just be real about what's going on in your life. Sometimes it's when you're facing difficult situation and the body of Christ surrounds you and cooks a meal for you. A lot of times it's not even necessarily the words the other people say. A lot of time God speaks to us through simply the presence of other people in the body of Christ. And through these people, he reminds us, you're not alone. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. I've placed the body of Christ here to speak to you and to comfort you. God loves to speak to us through other people. And I've seen that time and time again in my life and in many other people's lives. But then there's one final way I think God speaks to us that I want to share with you this morning. And that is that God speaks to us through His Spirit. God speaks to us through His Holy Spirit. He speaks to us in a very personal way. When we read the Gospels and track Jesus' life before He was crucified, in John chapters 14 through 17, we find what, what scholars call the farewell speech of Jesus. These are his final words that he's telling the disciples before he goes to the cross. And as you know, someone's final words are oftentimes of first importance. And so in this speech, he's gathered them all around and he tells them this. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And here Jesus was promising his disciples the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And this is a gift that everyone who puts faith in Jesus Christ receives in their lives. When we trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and makes a home. The Holy Spirit lives within us and dwells within us. And I remember the first time somebody told me that the Holy Spirit wanted to speak to me personally. Because it sounded so weird and I had never heard that in children's church. But I was in middle school. I was in middle school and we had some youth leaders and they said, hey, God wants to speak to you. And we were on a beach retreat down in uh, Panama City Beach. And they said, hey, we want you to take your Bible and to go and to spend 15 minutes listening to God and then, and then come back and report to the group. And so, as you can imagine, when you're in middle school, 15 minutes of silence and solitude is, is like terrible, Right? I mean, it's, it's punishment. But me and my buddies, we walked down the beach. We kind of scattered, had our Bibles, and, and we sat down. And, you know, this is back before cell phones. We didn't have games to play on them. So just, like, set the timer on my watch, 15 minutes. I began, you know, looking for seagulls. Began, like, waiting on the clouds to part or, you know, some kind of, like, rainbow. Or, you know, just kind of, like, looking out at the waves, trying to figure out, okay, God, how are you speaking here? And then the timer went off after 15 minutes and went, went to my buddy. I said, hey, did you hear God say anything? Nah. You know how middle schoolers talk? Nah. And then I was like, hey, did you hear anything? No. Then we went back. I actually didn't think much more about it after that for a while. I didn't think about it much more until a couple of years later, I came across this passage in 1 Kings chapter 19, which involves Elijah. When one day the Lord said to him, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. When I heard this story, I realized that when I was sitting on the beach that day, maybe I I was looking for God to speak in a way that he wasn't planning to that day. Because I don't know about you, but I'm somebody who's always, I I want the like huge signs, right? I want a boat to pull up and tell me they have a message from God in a bottle to me and hand it to me. (laughs) I, I want God to speak in the fire. I want these kind of crazy things. But like we see here, God, while he can do those things, so often speaks to us with that still, small voice. The Holy Spirit speaks directly to our hearts. And this voice is a voice that is always aligned with Scripture. It's always aligned with God's character. It connects with who we are. This is a voice that's best discerned not just by ourselves, but in Christian community with other people. And this voice is one that will always lead us to grow in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But God so often speaks to us personally through His Spirit, and it's the privilege of all of God's children. And in the book of Acts, where the Holy Spirit is doing all sorts of stuff, the Holy Spirit shows up 59 times. And 36 of those 59 times, the the Holy Spirit is speaking or communicating or guiding. And what's interesting is that the writer's Acts doesn't usually say how the Holy Spirit spoke or exactly what happened. It's, a lot of times it's kind of ambiguous. And I think it's actually ambiguous so that we don't put God into a box and so that we don't say, okay, these are the parameters for God. A lot of times it's ambiguous how the Holy Spirit spoke. But one thing is not ambiguous. And that is that whenever the Holy Spirit speaks, whenever God speaks, whenever Jesus speaks, God wants one thing. And that is for us to obey. As Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice. I know them. And what does he want? He wants us to follow him. Because he always knows what's best for us and what's best for other people in this world. And I'll never forget one time when my faith and my obedience were were put to the test a little bit. I had just spent the summer in Central America, in Guatemala, in, in language school there, learning Spanish, and some time in El Salvador working with the Methodist church there. 
And I was back at seminary for one of my final semesters. And um, as I came back in town, I was just praying, God, you know what? I don't really have people here to practice my Spanish with. I don't have many Hispanic friends. I said, God, you know what? Would you open a door for me? And I, I didn't think much else about it. I started going on about my day. My day was pretty boring. I would wake up. I would go to class. I would go to the library. Usually I would take a nap in the library. Then I would go work out. <laughs> then I would go to dinner four nights a week at my favorite restaurant, Panda Express on campus. <laughs> so I'll go to Panda Express, and one night I was sitting there. I had gotten my food. I got my hot and sour soup, fried rice, orange chicken. It was a little unhealthier in those days, but it's delicious still. So I was eating my food, and as I was getting my food and setting down to eat, um, I noticed there was one other guy outside on the patio, and he was, a, he was like a chef at Panda. He had on a hat and everything and a uniform. And he was sitting behind me. My back was to him, and I, I was just enjoying my food. And I felt like God say to me in my heart, speak to him. And now... Some of you think because I'm up here every week, like I'm like super extrovert and like, you know, that's not me. I'm not one to just go up to strangers and, you know, sell them a candy bar or something. And I was like, you know, God, I don't know about that. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't God. You know, I'm just eating my food and trying to keep going, thinking about the papers I had to write and everything. And, and the longer I sat there, I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, saying, speak to him. And at this point, you know, we'd both been sitting out there in silence for like 15 minutes. And I was like, this is just super awkward. I was like, I don't know if he knows Spanish. I don't know if he knows English. Like, I don't know what language this guy speaks. And I said, all right, I'll, I'll go for it. And so I turned around and it, we were like three feet from each other. And in Spanish, I just said to him, hola, como esta? I said, hello, how are you? And immediately he responded. And he said, hey, how are, in Spanish, hey, how are you? And then we, we got over, you know, our pleasantries. Hey, my name is this, my name is this. And I said, where are you from? He said, oh, I'm from Guatemala. I said, really? I just got back from there. And then we started talking about stuff. And he was like, you know, this is so great. I've been wanting somebody to practice my English with because my English is bad. And, and I'm surrounded by students all day long. But nobody really ever stops and talks to me. And I don't have many relationships. So we started talking, and I went there four times a week. So, of course, you know, I saw him regularly. And, and he would, like, schedule his break, and we, we'd, we'd eat together. And we began a friendship that would last for years. And I'm so glad I stepped out in faith that day. Even though it kind of felt crazy. I'm glad I listened to God's voice and I'm glad that God spoke to me and God, he wants to speak to you as well. The question for us is, are we listening? He wants to speak to us because he loves us and because he loves the entire world and he wants a living relationship with every single person here and now and in eternity. So let's pray and ask God to speak. God, we're here. Sometimes
sometimes we, we just come on Sundays and we don't really come with any expectation. We kind of check it off the list as another thing going on in our lives. But God, we pray today that, that you would speak to us. Help us to listen and discern your voice, God. Maybe, maybe it's, it's through these songs. Maybe it's through this word. Maybe it's through the community here. God, maybe it's going to be later on when we turn down the noise in our lives and we simply say to you, God, here I am. Speak. God, help us to have ears to hear and help us to have heart, hands, feet that are willing to walk in obedience.